0: get rolling here for a minute. Go to the book of Isaiah chapter 29. Isaiah 29. And you know, we all have what I call life-defining moments. And in that life-defining moment, it's like an open book test. And so when you're in a life-defining moment, when you heed the things of God and you obey God in that situation, there's always a blessing. But when you do what you want to do, ultimately, it's going to cost you. Now, I'm not saying, guys, that we just obey God's commandments. We obey God's commandments, but I believe this, that we need to catch his heart. Not just obey, let's catch God's heart. And and look here, Isaiah 29, verse 13. Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, they say the right thing, But they've removed their hearts far from me. And their fear or their reverence toward me is taught by the commandment or the rules of God. And so we we say the right thing, but our heart isn't in it. And the Amplified says this, that we act like we worship Him, but we really don't mean it. And I don't know about you, but I've done that. Where I can sit right here on a Sunday morning and I can go through the motions. But my heart's not there. And so I believe right here when you see the two things he's talking about. Is to honor God is to fear God. And if I don't fear God, and I mean a reverential fear. That I just stand at oh God. When I come in here on Sunday mornings to worship God. Guys, worship isn't singing five songs, and that's it. Worship is something that's done from my heart, and so I want to honor God with my worship. And so to do that, guys, I come in here with a fear, and just raise my hand and say, Okay, Father God, I'm going to give you my all today. And something happens when I do that. Now go with me way, way back in the New Testament to 2 John. Right there before Revelations, you'll come to 1 John. Second John is actually just one page. So let's go to Second John and as we're going there we're going to talk about honor. We're going to talk about honor and you're going to find out that God is a God who who, who rewards. There's a power of incentive. Incentive that God doesn't reward bad behavior. Bad behavior, guys. But God is a rewarder. Hebrews eleven six 6, that he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He said to Abraham in, in Genesis 15, 1, he said, I'm your shield and your exceedingly great reward. 2 John, verse 7. For many deceivers or imposters have gone out into the world. Now, I want us to get this today. He didn't say a few, if you'll notice there, he said many, many deceivers have gone out into the world. And look what he goes on to say. Who do not confess Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. And because of that, these are deceivers and an antichrist. And so you must understand this right here, guys. There's going to be ones that will talk about this very thing that John is dealing with here. That Jesus didn't come in the flesh. Jesus did come in the flesh. And when you hear a speaker, a teacher, a prophet, whatever name they have in front or title they have in front of their name, if they deny this, get away. Don't let men sway you from the truth. Don't let men deceive you, okay? And this is big in our society right now. Keep reading. Verse eight, look to yourself or take heed to yourself that we do not lose or throw a thing, throw away those things we've worked for or labored for. Now, I don't think he would be warning us this if this wasn't a possibility to each of us. But look what he goes on to say, but that we may receive a full reward. Now, it's interesting to note right there. John didn't say that you will receive a reward. He said that you would receive a full reward. So that tells me right there, there must be different degrees or levels of reward. Now think about a glass of water if I had it up here. A full reward would mean that's to the top. But evidently there can be half rewards, partial rewards, or no rewards. And when we talk about rewards with Father God, I believe those rewards are right here for earth and for eternity. Now, where I spend eternity has nothing to do with anything except Jesus Christ. Where you will experience eternity at is how well you received or didn't receive Jesus. You received or rejected Him will determine where you're going to spend eternity at. How you re, how you spend eternity at will be placed on what you did while you was here. But I believe there will be rewards for us right here on earth. You want me to give you an illustration? Ephesians 6.1 says, Children, honor your parents, which is the first commandment with promise, that their life would be well with them and long on this earth. So that shows me right there that that reward of obeying your parents will take place right here on earth. Now, I don't know about you, how many of you want your life to be well with you? How many of you want your life to be long on this earth? And I think every one of us would raise our hands. But I control a lot of that. I determine a lot of that. And so right here, we're going to talk about rewards. Now, go with me to the book of Mark, chapter number 6. Mark, chapter number 6. And I believe you're going to see the heart of Father God here today just as far as giving us enlightenment on rewards, blessings. And that's what rewards are, it's just the blessings of God. Matthew, or Mark chapter 6, begin with me in verse 1. Mark 6, verse 1. Then he, talking about Jesus, went out from there and he came into his own country, his own hometown, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. You know what the Amplified said? They disapproved of him and they didn't acknowledge his authority and because of that, they stumbled and fell. They were offended at him. Jesus' words, verse 4, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives or family and in his own house. Now, he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people, and he healed them. Now, I've looked at this verse for years and years in my life. And it said, he could not. He could not. And, and to this day, when I look at that, my thought is always, he could not? Time out. He's, he's the son of God. He can do whatever he wants. But evidently not. Now if you'll notice there, it didn't say he would not, but he could not. Now if it said he would not, you know what that tells me? That Jesus was withholding. But here it said he could not, so this tells me something was restraining Jesus from doing what he wanted to do. The Amplified said he was not able. And so as I look at that, what was the could not? What kept Jesus from fulfilling what he was supposed to do here? Well, let's go back and look at this just a little closer. Look at verse 3. And I want you to see here. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Are these not his sisters here with us? And so I looked at this. And they looked at Jesus, I believe, as just a man. And so you hear the wordings here, was this not Mary? I knew Mary. That's his mother. And they list all his brothers. And and I think in this they were saying, we saw him grow up. We saw him learn to tie his shoes. He went to our schools with our children. Actually, he graduated from Nazareth High School. And then they throw in there All the furniture you see in my house, he built it. And so these people here, they couldn't grasp that Jesus, the Son of God, would come in this form. And so it was mind boggling to them. And because of this, guys, it held Jesus back. It was a thing called familiarity. Now look at what Jesus said in verse six, or verse four again. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor. He's without reverence. And so I just thought, what does the word honor mean? Well, it means that they didn't view him as valuable. They didn't view him as precious. They didn't view him as uh, someone to esteem, to regard, or to respect. And so the very opposite of that is dishonor. They treated Jesus as common. They treated Jesus as just another man. And so, honor for me and you is displayed in three ways. It's displayed in my words, my actions, and even my thoughts. And so as I begin to look at this, Jesus could not fulfill his calling because of lack of honor. Now, we read in verse 2 that they saw his wisdom and they saw all the mighty works he had done before. Do you believe it was God's will right there to heal everyone? I do. But because of lack of honor for Jesus, he couldn't do what he desired to do. And I want you to look with me again there in verse 5, and I want you to see the reward that went with this. Now, he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and he healed them. So you know what they had? They got just a little bit of the reward. Jesus' desire was to bless every one of them. But because they restrained their honor, it limited Jesus. Now go to Matthew 8. And I want to show you a, a lot better illustration of this. Just the opposite of what we just read. And you're going to see what happens here in the Scripture when we begin to honor Jesus. When I reverence Him. When I respect Him. And you'll see a lot of things here this morning about honor, I believe, in the upcoming weeks. Matthew 8. Begin with me. Verse 5. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion, which was a Roman military man who was a Gentile he came to him pleading with him saying Lord saying Lord now I want to highlight that right real quick this Roman military man he sees Jesus and the first thing he says to Jesus is Lord now notice there he didn't look at Jesus and say hey man Hey dude, i got some problems. If you'll notice immediately, this centurion addresses him not only as Lord, but I believe this is who Jesus was. So when I looked at this, immediately he places honor on Jesus. Now look what the honor translates to. Saying, My servant is lying at home paralyzed and dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. So Jesus immediately tells him his will, I want to heal you. Personally, I believe that's the same for every one of us. If it wasn't Jesus to heal all of us, he would be a respecter of persons, but he's not. And so Jesus immediately says, I'll come and heal him. And you know why I believe Jesus responded to him so quickly. I mean, there wasn't even a thought with Jesus. I want to do this. You know why? Because honor. When this man came to Honored Jesus. I mean it lit Jesus up in an incredible way. Keep reading. Verse 8. This centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. And I highlight that because he respected Jesus so much. Now if you'll notice there, he didn't say, I'm not worthy for you to come and heal my servant. He didn't mention that. He just said, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof because he placed such high esteem on Jesus. And so look what he goes on to say to him. But only speak a word and my servant will be healed. And I looked at this and I thought, now why would this Roman centurion say this to this Jewish carpenter? Because I believe right here, guys, He's shown us his honor and his reverence upon him. And when we honor and reverence Jesus like this, guys, he can't stay out of our lives. Man, I mean, he just, it's it's like he thrives in this. You know what I heard the other day, and this is good, this, this touched my heart. Praise and worship is God's address. And you know what I realized with that? When we praise and worship God, that's where he lives. That's where he shows up. Well, the same thing with Jesus. That when we place due honor and respect on him, he shows up. He shows, And when he shows up, things happen. That good things happen. Keep reading. Verse 9. For I also am a man under authority. Now remember, guys, this. You can't have authority unless you're under authority. So he said, for I also am a man under authority. I have soldiers under me, and I say to this one goes, and he goes, and to another one come, and he comes, and to my servant do this, and he does it. And so as I read this, I thought, this man understood what it was to be under authority, that it gave him authority. And when I begin to look at a Roman legion, that was 6,000 men. And for every legion, there was a centurion over him. Now, I don't know how many legions he was over, but evidently he had at least the minimum of 6,000 people under him. And he said, I'm a man under under authority. I also under uh, understand authority that when I tell one, go, he goes. And so what I see here, that this man understood honor and authority. And so I believe what he's saying. Just as I have authority in the military realm, Jesus has authority in the spiritual realm. And he understood this, guys. All it took was a single command. And I believe that because the reverence he put on Jesus. It was like, I know, Jesus, when you give this order, it's going to happen. You know where they say the three greatest... Arenas of honor are in third world countries, in the military, and in our prisons. They all understand authority. And it's all based on honor. That when you honor other people. Now this was so proficient. Look what happens with Jesus in verse 10. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Now, what was all this based on? It was all triggered from honor, but what I want you to see here is when he said, I haven't found such great faith in all of Israel, he was saying, this Roman centurion, who was a Gentile, he had greater faith than John the Baptist. He had greater faith than all his disciples? And I looked at this and I thought, what was it all based on? Honor and authority. And something happens when I get a hold of this and it's good. Now keep reading with me. Verse 11 And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Right there, there's going to be eternal wards. Right there. Keep reading. Verse 12. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, you know what he's talking about here? He's talking about there will be many Jews that won't partake of this. You know why? Because they never would respect or receive Jesus. They would never honor Jesus. Just like the people in his hometown. But this one centurion did. Now you want to see the reward of the centurion? Get ready to get blessed. Look at verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you've believed, so, be let, so let it be done to you. And his servant was healed in that same hour. You know what I see right there? He received the full reward. Because he received Jesus. He didn't reject, he didn't restrain him. So, something happens, guys, with honor. Now, go one book over to, to, to your right to Matthew chapter 10. And I want to go back here. And this is probably going to become our theme for the month this ver- these verses right here because they're so profound. But while you're turning there to Matthew 10, I'm, man, listen, guys, I'm going I'm to download a revelation on you right now. A heavy rev. You ready? When you honor what God says to honor, you'll be blessed. But when you dishonor, you forfeit that reward, you forfeit that blessing. Now, here in verse 40 of Matthew 10, we got to get this today, okay? Jesus' word, he who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Now let's take it a little farther today. Everywhere I just read receive, let's just put honor in there, okay? He who honors you, he who honors you honors me, talking about Jesus. So guess what Jesus just said to me and you? That when we honor other people, we have a roundabout way honored Jesus. And so when I look at Ernest, and Ernest is just a man, but I honor Ernest as a man, you know what Jesus is saying? You've now honored me. And he who honors me, honors him who sent me, which would be Father God. And so what I want you to see is when we find the progression here, and we start honoring other men like we honor Jesus, it's as if we're honoring Father God. And oh, when we begin to do this. See, what I'm telling you guys, we've got to put honor back in the church. We've got to put honor back in our homes. We've got to put honor. You know, uh, Romans 13, 1 says, honor those in authority. Well, you know what I can do? I, I can bellyache all day about authority. We can complain about our president. We complain about the, the, the brain-dead senators and congressmen we have. We can complain about the Supreme Court just. You can complain about your boss. You, you, can do, you can complain about your spouse. You can complain about your mother and father. And you know what you've done? You've dishonored what Jesus has said. And in my own life, guys, I've done that. I've dishonored. See, God said, I put all or I set all authority. God said, all authority. Without authority, and, and I said this last week. It's a mess in Lubbock, Texas to drive at 5 o'clock on the loop at times. But just think if we didn't have any authority, if we didn't have any laws. That'd be fun for about 30 minutes for me. And then I'd do a lot of damage within 30 minutes. But see, even, even when we disrespect police officers. You know the only ones that don't like police officers? Are the ones that are breaking the law. When I don't run a red light, things are well. But when you start running red lights, you got to start looking over your shoulder. And then don't get mad when they pull you over. Now, I'm not always thrilled. I don't get tickets. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. I'm a law abiding citizen that never drives over 85. Ever. you know, that's the bottom line. When when God puts authority on us, we must learn to respond to it. And to honor that. And I look at our nation, how far we've come from honor. You know, one of the, the, the signs of the end time, it said, children will be despisers of their parents. I see that more than I ever have. I mean, I look sometimes at what's said in public places. And you know what I want to do? I, I want to take a little rod around him and pop them on the behind and say, "Don't you dare do that to your mama? Don't you say that to your daddy?" Well, there's a few of you are in agreement. <laughs> but I believe what happens a lot of times on these things is we never teach on them. How can we expect people to understand? See, think about this because let me keep reading here. Let me fill in the blanks here. Verse 41. He who receives, let's say honor. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Now you know what? This is big, guys. You know what a prophet is? It's just the man that's anointed by God. It's just the man that God has put a gift in. But he says right there that when I honor a prophet... There'll be a reward that comes from it. You want the blessing of the prophet? Then honor the prophet. But then look what he goes on to next. He says, you honor a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, you'll receive a righteous man's reward. You know what a righteous man is? Other people around us. When we just get in the habit of saying, I'm going to honor people. And look at the last one in verse 42. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of the disciple. Surely I say to you that he shall by no means lose his reward. So when I don't honor those under me, I lose my reward. And if you look at the progression right here that Jesus is talking about, he says this, that if you honor those that are above you in authority, there's going to be a blessing. If you honor those who are on the same level as you, there's going to be a blessing. When you honor those that are under your authority, there's going to be a blessing. So you know what I hear Jesus saying? Just make it a habit to honor. Just get that on the inside, that you begin to honor. Now let me ask you this. Who's over you today? Who's over you today? Well, I said a minute ago, I'll be 51 here in a few weeks. My mom and dad are still alive. And there's never a thing in the Bible that says, once you hit 51, you can quit honoring your mother and father. Actually, to this day in my life, I love to honor my mother and father. I lo- I, man, it blesses me to honor them. Because all they gave me growing up, I'm going to tell you guys right now, when I'm in my father's presence, I will do everything within my power that he'll never pay for another meal for me. I mean, I will literally take a waitress down on her knees and say, give me that check. Give it. Spit it up. I mean, when I go and play golf with my dad, guys, I will run into the clubhouse to pay for because, you know what, I'm going to honor him. Not just in my actions, but my words. And not only is I know there's a blessing for me, that, but guys, it's an honor for me to do that. It's not a, crap, I got honor, dad today. I hate this stuff. God, I don't get that way. So who's over you today? How many of you got a boss that you would rather say, Man, he's brain dead. He's he's the epitome of stupid. See, I'm going to tell you guys, when you do that, you've lost your reward. And what happens many times is we work with other people. And before long, you begin to chime in and say, Yeah, he's stupid. I should be in charge here. Think about that. How about this one? What about your school teachers and your coaches? Oh, some of you say saying, don't go there, Pastor. <laughs> see, growing up, how many of you remember this? That in my own life, I was told to respond to people that were older than me with, yes, sir, and no, ma'am. Amen. How many times do we hear that anymore? You don't hear that very often, and a lot of times, you know why? It's because we haven't demanded that. We haven't taught our young ones. That is honor. That's authority. And when I see elderly people or older people... Some of you say, you're an elderly pastor. And I'll look at you and say, get behind me, Satan. I'm not old. I'm young. I'm vibrant. But I look and I I love to honor people. I mean, I'm I'm so blessed that we have older people coming to church here. I thank God for older people because all the wisdom that comes off of them. And when older people speak into my life, you remember the E.F. Hutton commercials? When E.F. Hutton speaks, I listen. Well, it's when older people, man, when they send me stuff in the mail. Mary Roberts, she sent me stuff in the mail, and I honor, man, when she sends me stuff. I Thank God Mary's thinking about me. So who's in your life that's over you? Who's in your life that you're even with? But let me ask you this. Who's in your life that you're over? Do you honor them? Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. See, I can go on and on and on, and I'm going to for the next few weeks. But I just want us to all to see something. Something happens with honor, guys. And when we begin to honor, like I said, what God says, man, there's blessings. There's blessings. And so I encourage you guys, begin, when you come in here, have in your heart, I'm going to honor Jesus today. With my praise and my worship. And guys, this, this isn't a form of worship right here. This is the day that the Lord has made. See, some Christians, if you smiled, your face would crack. But I believe, guys, we've got to step up. We've got to got people that say, I'm going to raise my hands. I don't care what people. I'm not here to impress you. I'm here to honor God. And in saying that, get on your feet with me. Get on your feet.